Just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards. And recently I've been asked, how do you stay aggressively optimistic when your body doesn't feel its best? Well, today's Just Jenna episode is going to be about that. And whether it's due to an injury or an illness, the thing that's always worked for me is finding someone else who's overcome something similar. And just really diving into the fact that someone else did it. There's an example of someone out there who has overcome something similar to what I'm going through. That has always helped me remain aggressively optimistic because I think we oftentimes look and try to find all of the examples, not even try to find, they're just so easily available, all of the examples of people who are suffering, people who are maybe living in fear or just the negative examples in life, right? And we tend to see those more often than we see the positive ones. And so we think that that's the only reality. And the thing is like, yeah, that's one reality. Absolutely. But that's because we get to choose which reality we focus on. And so what I always do is try to find a positive example of someone who's overcome it because that's the reality I want to live in. So there's a lot of things at play there, but most important is the fact that we get to choose what we focus on. It's huge, you guys. Um, At least it has been for me. And the other one is that there are examples of people living the life that we want to live or in the way that we want to live. You know, I think that we oftentimes look at people's lives and we think, oh, they have a house I want or they have um, the family I want or they have the relationship I want. But we need to dive in deeper within ourselves and think, what's the essence of that? Like, is it the actual house that I want or is it something similar. And if it's something, I feel like we need to start looking at the similar instead of being like, I want that thing, right? Um, And so it's the same with physical injuries because the reality is that sometimes we, okay, so I'm torn on this, this kind of thought process because I really do believe that we can manifest anything that we want. That's just my personal belief. But if you don't have that personal belief right now, then it's going to take time to develop it if you choose to develop it, right? So I'm going to talk to you as if you kind of believe, but maybe haven't been doing, you know, decades worth of work on that specific thing like I have and and trying to go back to when I first started to dive deep on this idea of manifesting the life that we want to live, right? So a good story for me is um, back in, gosh, 
2003. Um, I think it was it's so funny. I'm really bad with dates. You would think I would remember this one since I talk about it all the time. I was in the Santa Monica farmer's market crash. And if you've ever heard me talk, I tell this story a lot. The thing that I don't talk about so much is um, the how I recovered from PTSD. And there's one story in particular. So uh, after being in the crash, I it, it, the PTSD manifested in me not being able to speak without a stutter, uh, not being able to read. I would forget basic words. I was having flashbacks every day that would send me into panic attacks that would make me pass out. Like it was awful, physically awful. But the thing about the physical was it was, you know, a mental condition, if you will, because post-traumatic stress disorder is, you know, a psychological condition. And it's one of those conditions that you can't see. So 90% of the time I was fine um, on the outside, right? And the only time anybody knew I was really suffering was when I would have a flashback. And I was so fascinating to me during that time, even though I was like mentally not all there, I could still understand this like people would come up to me and, they, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, what happened? And I would tell them, oh, I have post-traumatic stress disorder. And then I would tell them the story and they would be like, what physical injuries did you get? Like, did you get hurt? And these questions would just like kind of jar me into almost being defensive about my condition. Like you don't understand in my head, right? I wouldn't say this out loud because that's silly pants. But um, like in my head being like, wow, we really don't give credence to the mental parts of of our beings, right? Anyway, that's a whole other story. Maybe I'll do a Just Jenna episode on mental health. But um, this is about physical health, right? So my physical health was being affected by this mental condition, if you will, which, by the way, is very physical. It's a chemical imbalance in the body, and um, it also made it, and this is the part that I don't talk about that much, uh, because I think I still am tiny bit embarrassed by it, uh, which is silly. And I'm not going to be embarrassed by it anymore. I'm making that choice right now on the air because being embarrassed by mental health is the reason that we are so messed up about mental health. So I didn't sleep for eight months. And um, I literally like maybe would sleep four hours a night but it was like night terror induced sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, somebody died and it was, it was physically exhausting. And the studies show if you don't sleep, you lose your mind. That's just a fact. And I did. I lost my mind, you guys. I, um, I ended up, so through a whole series of events, I was refusing medication. I was like, I can take care of this myself. And it nearly killed me because I wasn't sleeping. So didn't sleep for eight months. Finally got um, convinced is the wrong word, but was, I, I finally agreed with my psychiatrist to take sleeping medicine. Well, it was too late at this point. Um, the I went through all of these different kinds of medications to see which one would work and one finally did work and um but it was it was really too late meaning my my mental state was just too far gone 
And one day I woke up and I was so tired. Um, Still, I had just woken up. It was like maybe 11 o'clock in the morning, I feel like. And I wanted to go to sleep. I needed to go to sleep. And I ransacked our entire apartment looking for the bottle of sleeping pills because I was going to take the entire bottle. Not because I didn't want to live anymore, but because I wanted to sleep so badly. And the only way I could figure out how to do that or the only way I, in my like completely unstable psychological state, was to think I'm going to take the whole bottle so that I can get a full night's sleep, right? That's how far gone I was. So I tell you this part of the story because denial, right? I talk about this often in my speeches. Um, Denial is, well, denial nearly killed me for real because I was denying the fact that I needed medication to regulate my sleep so that I could get healthy because we have to have sleep to heal. That's just reality, right? And so, um, and that's something else I want to talk about in this episode too, is that whole piece about like healing, right? So I want to say that so I don't forget. Hopefully I don't forget. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so I ransacked my apartment and in this moment of clarity, called a friend and was like, I need to go to the hospital. And so they came over and that night I checked myself. Well, they helped me. Um, She, along with my husband, helped me check myself into the psych ward. Um, That's the piece I'm a little, like I don't talk about a lot. So I spent... Um, I think almost two weeks in a psychiatric ward. It was quite the experience. Um, I have a lot of stories (laughs) from that experience, but the biggest for this episode uh, that I want to share with you is around the same time or right before the crash, I can't remember the timeline exactly, Drew Barrymore, who I've always adored, was making a comeback, right? Like she had um, been a child actor. I mean, we all know the story. Been a child actor, uh, was sent to rehab. Her credibility was shot. She kind of disappeared from the scene. And at this point in the timeline, she was making a comeback. And I remember, it must have been before the crash because I remember reading an article and at the time I couldn't read. So I remember reading an article about how she had to start pitching herself even though she's Drew Barrymore everybody knows who she is she's a phenomenal actress like she had to she's been doing it since she was what three had to start going into these meetings and proving herself again and re-establishing her self as a professional re-establishing herself as a talent like all of this stuff that You would think she would never have to do because she's already got the name, right? She's Drew Barrymore. Everybody knows she can do this, but she had been gone for so long and gone through all of this treatment and been through rehab and been in programs and been off the scene for so long that she had to decide to humble herself and be like, yeah, I'm willing to audition. I'm willing to pitch. I'm willing to have these conversations so that she could have her career back and have the life that she wanted back, right? And so I just remember um, remembering that and going, there's an example of someone who has lost all credibility because that really was the piece, you guys. I know it sounds so silly because my whole 
like physical being and my mental being and my whole being was completely destroyed. But all I could think about was the fact that my career was going to be over if I didn't get it together. I mean, I've wanted to be an actress in Los Angeles since I was three years old. So this crash, like sending me off that path was devastating to my my self-esteem, my being, like all of it. And so um, Drew being willing to make that comeback and make improve herself and get her life together and then go out there and again prove herself was everything I needed as an example of someone who's done it right like I wasn't famous like her before the crash that that piece was missing but the fact that she fell down and then dusted herself off and got back up and like went out after her dreams was the example I needed. So in my hospital room, I literally put pictures of her all over the wall so that I could remember, look, here's an example of someone who fell from grace, right? Who needed to go and get help and get help in a very public way and also decided to make a comeback. And now look at her. She's freaking phenomenal. Anyway, um, it was the example I needed. So that's what I would say to anybody who's struggling physically. Find somebody who has overcome what you are struggling with. Like Drew didn't overcome PTSD, but the fact was she was hospitalized. So in essence, my mind went to somebody who's been hospitalized. It's a big stigma to carry around. Uh, Somebody who's asked for help and gotten treatment and is now making a comeback. That was, in essence, what I needed as an example. So they may not be suffering with the same condition that you are. They may not be um, in the same type of lifestyle that you are, but they've overcome it, and you are feeling inspired by them. Like I think the key is you can find the pieces within their story that you want to exemplify. Like for me, it was that piece of being like, yeah, what I just went through might be embarrassing, but I went through it and now I'm better, right? That was the piece for me. The rest of it didn't matter. And so finding, again, someone to exemplify those pieces for you so that you can believe that it's possible, right? That's the key, believing it's possible for you to have the life that you want to have. Um, and then, shoot, now I can't remember what I was going to say about, um, like I did that whole big thing in the beginning. Oh, I don't want to forget this part. I'm going to forget the part. Anyway, (laughs) another thing that I really wanted to, uh, talk about is guys, there's a million ways to do anything, right? Like for me, the Drew Barrymore story, I didn't like follow her how to, I didn't, go through the same program that she went through. I didn't take the same steps that she took, but she was still an example of how I could overcome something or the fact that just straight up the fact that I could overcome something, right? Um, I think we have started to focus so much and become so dependent on the steps, right? Like, here's how I did it. I woke up in the morning. I did this. I did this. I did this. I did this which is fine. I'm not negating the benefit of that. I just feel like 
I would invite you to ask yourself if you're depending on other people to tell you how to overcome this thing or you're depending on people to give you permission to overcome this thing that you want to overcome. Um, Because if you overcome it quickly, was it that bad? Or if you overcome it in a completely radical way, does it make the way that you did it invalid? And my answer to that is no. Like do what's best for you. You're the only one who knows how you operate. And so remember, like I think there's two pieces, or three pieces. One, finding someone who exemplifies the fact that you can overcome whatever you're going through. Two, figuring out how you can overcome it in your own way. And that may be that you research a whole bunch of other ways and find the pieces that work for you. 100%. I just want you to be cautious not to become dependent on the how-to, not to become dependent on someone telling you how to do it or giving you permission, right? And then the third piece is 100% doing it. (laughs) Like as silly as it sounds, but like waking up every day and figuring out how to inspire yourself to overcome whatever situation you are in. For me, when I was in the hospital, you guys, seriously, I thought that was going to be in my life forever. I was like so broken and there was nobody around me who had talked about overcoming that specific condition. So it wasn't until the Drew Barrymore story clicked in my head and I found her as an example of somebody who's made a comeback that I started to do, I started to ask for help and I started to really work on in a totally different way overcoming my situation. And you guys, I literally have no PTSD anymore. It's a crazy thing like, um, they say that post-traumatic stress disorder will be with you forever. That that was especially back when I was diagnosed, the thing. Oh, you're going to have to deal with this for the rest of your life. I do not deal with it at all anymore. It's completely gone. Um, it took a lot of work and a lot of years. And I think that was the piece I was going to talk about, by the way. And that is patience. Patience, patience, patience. It takes all of us different ways. I, I'm not saying this correctly. It's six o'clock in the morning. It's completely dark. My, I'm at my parents and there's a blackout up in Northern California. So there's no lights and I'm like, Whoa. anyway, there's also no coffee. It's a problem. Uh, I digress. Anyway, I really just want to say like, we all have to be patient with ourselves Um, And not expect the world around us to be patient for us or with us or to us because that's just not a reality. We can't control how other people behave. We can't control how the world reacts to what we're going through. And I know that's the hardest part because I remember when I was diagnosed with PTSD watching an episode of Oprah. I mean, the queen of understanding. And she had a guest on who had PTSD. And she literally said, yeah, yeah, of course. But what about the physical injuries? And I was crushed, right? Because this is the woman who understands everything. By the way, we should stop putting pressure on people to be that perfect. Um, But that's a whole other story again. My point in saying this is we have to take care of ourselves. It's 
the only way we can move forward. And so if you're surrounded by people who don't believe that you can overcome whatever you're going through, stop talking to them about it. Like love them where they're at, but seriously for your own mental health and your own physical healing, you have to stop talking to people who don't believe you can overcome things. Um, it just slows the process down, right? So being patient with ourselves, giving ourselves time to heal, um, not expecting other people to understand what we're going through, again, which is the most frustrating. But the cool thing is all of the stuff that happened to me was before the internet. Now there are so many groups of people who are encouraging and and wonderful and supportive and they may not know exactly what you're going through. In fact, my friend, uh, Katie Jeffcoat, who was the first episode, we're talking about partnering up. She's got this incredible community on Facebook that isn't a how-to about anything. It's just community. It's just support. So if you are one of those people who doesn't have a great support system around you, I would invite you to check out the community with Katie Jeffcoat. But that's a totally different story. Whatever you're going through, You've got to surround yourself with people who are supportive. And if you don't have that, please don't talk to people who are not supportive about whatever you're going through. That's like the biggest key, right? Be loving, be kind, figure out how to work through it on your own. Um, But expecting other people to understand is just setting yourself up for frustration and failure, right? Because the key is being patient with yourself giving yourself time to heal, however much time that takes is going to be key as well. Like one of the biggest things um, for me in all of the healing that I've had to do, and for some reason I've had to do a whole giant bunch, like I've been hit by a car, um, fallen out of a cargo bin at the air, like out of an airplane cargo bin. I've been just crazy stuff has happened (laughs) to me. Um, and the key that I've all that I always come back to is the more I stress about it, the longer it takes to heal. That's a big old exclamation point, period, like whatever you want to put on it. The longer I stress about the healing process or whatever I'm going through, the longer it takes to heal. So we just have to admit and acknowledge where you're at, where we're at. And then give ourselves time to heal and figure out how to heal in our own way, like what works best for us, right? Um, Gosh, I know, man, suffering through physical illness and physical conditions and mental conditions, it's just so hard. Like life is stressful and hard enough the way it is. When you don't feel good, it's like a thousand times worse. And so... I say that to say, please be patient with yourself, Um, you know, and also your life will be there and probably in a much more beautiful way if you just take a step back and allow yourself to heal. And I know we oftentimes think, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Right. I would invite you to try (laughs) because Um, in my experience, every time I've said, oh, I can't do that. My career isn't going to be there when I come back. My life is going to be so different. Um, this isn't going to be there. That's not going to be there. That's all fear-based 
And the reality is we get to choose um, if we want that back. And sometimes, you guys, you're not going to want it back. You're not going to want it back. You're going to be a different person. You're going to be a better person. You're going to have grown so much. Um, Anyway, I could babble on and on and on about this uh, for hours. Um, But I don't want to. I just want to be succinct and clear in what I'm saying. So the again to recap the keys um find an example of someone who's overcome it and believe that you can overcome it right surround yourself with people who are supportive or don't talk to the people who aren't about it because it's going to make you feel worse and we have to believe that we can heal um that's the biggest piece right focus on the essence of healing and how you can heal rather than a how-to, um, like just make sure we're not being dependent on the how-tos. And then be patient and kind with yourself. Um, you know, like chances are you didn't just all of a sudden wake up sick. Like you probably, something happened. Or if you did get injured like I did and it was really quick and then all of a sudden you're down for the count, that's a massive trauma. So your body is is dealing with big, like things that are big. Give it time. Give it time to heal. Be patient with yourself. Um, you know, I really believe every human on the planet is a magical being. So you gotta you gotta acknowledge that and and trust the process and trust your process. If all of a sudden you decide you wake up tomorrow and you really are healed, don't like buy into the fact that you're not because it t- it was too fast or if you wake up tomorrow and it's worse just take a breath and be like I still believe I still believe that I can heal um and that you guys is really how I deal with physical trauma and physical illness um and I keep aggressive aggressively optimistic about my life even though my body may not be as excited about the life I'm living as I am, (laughs) right? Um, I hope this helps. And if you need to like express yourself and reach out, there are a lot of different places for you to go. Find the one that works for you. Um, Really great therapy that helped me with my um, PTSD was something called somatic experiencing therapy. So SE therapy. Um, I'm going to post the website on the show page at aggressiveoptimism.com. So you guys can check that out because I went through 10 years of talk therapy and it was great. Don't get me wrong. Like any therapy I feel like is at least a step in the right direction. But the somatic experiencing therapy was the one thing that got me over the hump and I was finally cured from my PTSD. Um, So there's a lot of stuff. There's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of options. The world is a very open place right now. Um, Don't be ashamed to ask for help. And yeah, find those examples. And and hopefully I'll be sharing a lot more of them with you on the podcast too. So definitely uh, subscribe and listen every day, Monday through Friday. It's always just such an honor to be able to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And remember, you guys, if you dream it, it's possible. 
You've been listening to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, have a good one.